and we are in week two of our series, Back to the Future. I already have a powerful message stirring on my heart for next week, but this week I want to focus in on this thought, love makes the world go round. And as you just saw in the movie clip, Back to the Future, what happens if you're not familiar with the movie is Marty, the son, gets in the DeLorean and Unfortunately, because of all the rain, they're not here this week, but they'll be back next week. You can get a picture, check it out, uh, one of the actual DeLoreans there. Uh, he got into a DeLorean and went back in time. And when he went back, he interfered with his parents meeting one another. And so what, what Marty has to do, the son, is he has to get his parents to meet so that they will fall in love, get married, and have kids. Because if he doesn't get them to meet his brother, his sister, himself... They will never exist. I mean, you have to remember, he went back in time, so if they don't meet in the future, Marty will never be born. His brother and sister will never be born. He has to get his parents to fall in love. And in this movie, Back to the Future, actually, it's one of my favorite movies. It's one of the only movies that I own all three of the, uh, the Back, to Future, Back to the Future trilogy. L love the movie. And in this movie, the, the, one of the central themes is, is this whole theme of love. The parents have to fall in love. The, George and Lorraine have to meet, fall in love, get married, have kids, and their love will affect future generations. And today, I want us to talk about this because as followers of Christ, love should be the driving force of our life. Let's look at what Scripture says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 7. It says, Dear friends... Let us continue to love one another. I want you to notice that word, continue. You see, it's easy to stop loving people. We've got to continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. You see, one of the key indicators that we belong to God that we know God, is that we love people, that we love each other, that we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Verse 8 says, but anyone who does not love does not know God. You see, a key indicator that we don't know God is that we don't love people. We know that as followers of Jesus Christ, that our relationship with God is not thriving when our love for people is decreasing. Versus it should be on the increase. In our relationship with God, something is out of whack when our love for people is decreasing. You say, why is that? Why is that, Pastor? Check out the very last few words of verse number 8. Powerful words. The scripture says, for God is love. God is love. And as Christians, as followers of Christ... Because we belong to God, the scripture says that God lives in us through the person of the Holy Spirit. And you and I should be loving people because God is love. I got a question for you that I want to begin this message with that I want to be on your mind as I teach God's word today. Think about this question. Are you a loving person? Let me ask another one. Do you love people? Is your love, think about your life, examine your life, is your love for people increasing or decreasing as you live life? Today I want to unpack 
three verses of scriptures from Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 11. And as we look at these portions, these, these few verses, here's my goal. As I teach, I want all of our love to be on the increase instead of on the decrease. And I believe these verses are very critical to helping us to be the loving people that God has called us to be. The first thought I want to share with you from Romans 12 is this. Love must be sincere. Love must be sincere. Let's look at it together in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 9. It says, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. I want to zoom in on those first four words. Love must be sincere. Now, the opposite of sincere is to be a hypocrite or insincere or, or, or to be a fake. And there are a lot of fake things in our world today. Many of us possess, we have things that are fake. Now, as I give some examples of a lot of fake things that we have, you don't need to raise your hand and identify your fakeness. All right, don't do that, okay? But we have, you know, we have fake Gucci bags. Come on, girl, you wear that thing like it's real. Come on, put that thing on like, come on, somebody. Uh, we have fake Louis Vuitton bags. There are fake Apple nanny iPods. They're, they're called 6GB. There are fake Oakley sunglasses. Now, they don't keep out the ultra rays from the sun, but people can wear glasses that look exactly like Oakley's, but they're a fake. There are actually fake shoes. I was looking on the internet. You can get new balance shoes that are fake. They're not the authentic new balance. They're fake shoes. You can get a fake gold watch. Now, I had one of them. Them, them things will fade a little bit, get you some gold stuff to color it back with. Come on, somebody. You got to know how to work that thing. Come on now. There's fake diamonds. Some of you may have a fake diamond earrings or fake diamond watch. They're, they're, they, 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 they're, they're not real. They look real, but they're not real. There are, there's fake hair. You know, people have a wig or my brother's winner toupee. I got love for you, brother. Come on now. Wear that. If Rogaine don't work, buy you some hair. Come on, somebody. Weave, extensions, fake, fake nails. I mean, there's a lot of fake in our world. Fake eyelashes. I wear contacts. I, these eyes, now they're the right color. I don't have no color in my contacts, but fake eyes. We got fake teeth. If I lose my teeth, I'm getting some fake teeth too. Come on, somebody. Come on. I'm getting some fake teeth. There are fake body parts. If you got some fake, if you got some fake stuff, that's okay. Nothing wrong with it. Huh? Your pastor says, you go ahead with your bad self is what I say. You go ahead. But there's nothing worse than fake love. A love that's not sincere. That's not authentic. That's not genuine. It's fake. And fake people are inauthentic. They're not, they're not genuine. They're, they're not sincere. Their love is not real. And the Bible says this as followers of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that our love must be sincere. It must be genuine. It must be authentic. It must come from the heart. That's what you and I are called to is to have a genuine, authentic love. You say, well, pastor, what does sincere love look like? What does a love from the heart look like? Well, Paul addresses this for us in the next few verses, in the next couple of verses. Let's, let's look at it together. Number two is this. What does sincere love look like? Love must be devoted. It must be 
devoted. Notice this in the next verse. He says in Romans 12 and verse 10, be devoted to one another in love. You see, sincere, genuine, authentic love is a devoted love. And we are called as followers of Jesus Christ to have a devoted, or that word devoted would be a committed love for one another. We are called to love each other. And it's really easy to have a devoted love when we agree on everything. But can I tell you, if we only love each other when we agree on everything, that is a fake love. That is not an authentic, genuine, sincere love because love is devoted. It is a committed love. And yet a lot of people live life with a fake, inauthentic love. And we're called to be people who are devoted to one another. And friends, can I, can I tell you that in our world it's really easy it's really easy, even as Christians, even as followers of Jesus Christ, to be more devoted to our own viewpoint than we are devoted to loving each other. And it's, it's, it's sad when you see this, and it happens even in the church world today at large. There are people that are Christians who are more devoted to a denomination than they are to loving their brothers and sisters. And you can see this around our world. You can see this in the church world today, there are people that are so get so committed, their devotion is to a denomination, to a group of people, and everybody else, we keep you out. You don't believe just like us. We no, you no, I'm part of this denomination. And they literally don't like people, won't fellowship with people, don't get along with people that are not a part of their denomination. And I think that does not please the heart of God. You're devoted to the wrong thing. You ought to be devoted to your brothers and sisters in Christ. I don't care your denomination. If Jesus Christ is your Lord, we're on the same team. Come on somebody we're on the same team why are we fighting against each other I see people that are devoted to non-essential theology and doctrine over loving their brothers and sisters in Christ I'm not talking about essential doctrine I'm not talking about Jesus Christ as the son of God that's essential he died on the cross for our sins. He rose again on the third day. The only way to the Father is through Christ. There's a heaven. There's a hell. There, that's essential stuff. But I see people fall out over non-essential stuff. I mean, don't like each other, don't love each other. I've actually heard on multiple occasions. It breaks my heart because I know it breaks the heart of God. I've heard leaders, pastors, bishops get up and espouse some doctrinal belief they have and then demean and talk negative to people who don't share their same viewpoint on a certain scripture. It's kind of like, well, we got our belief and we're going to keep y'all out. And I just think you're missing the heart of God. That's, that's called fake love. That's not authentic love. Authentic love says we're devoted to one another. Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, and we're devoted. We're committed to one another. There are, there are certain Christians that are more devoted to their political viewpoints. Nothing wrong with having your political viewpoints. I'm all about you having your political views. It's okay, whatever your political party is, however you vote, wonderful. We have politicians and people of public service that worship at our church, love them, love having politicians in part of our church family. But I'm simply telling you this, your political view should never trump your kingdom view. Your political culture and belief should never tr trump your kingdom belief and culture. And we can get so twisted in our thinking and we can become devoted to the wrong things. Be committed, but be more committed to Jesus. Be more committed to loving your brothers and sisters 
in Christ. There are people that are more committed Christians to race than they are to loving their brothers and sisters in Christ. And they put divide, dividing walls between race and, and barriers. And they're like, well, I, I love these kind of people. I love this kind of skin color. Well, I, I, this is my culture. I love my culture. I don't know about your, I don't really, really for your culture. This is my culture. This is how I grew up. And you know what? You ought to be proud of your culture. Love your culture. Just don't put your culture above kingdom culture because, listen, this is about Jesus Christ. We're on the same team. Let me tell you the heart of people's church. Man, this is a place where everybody can come. Red, yellow, black, and white, young and old, come get you some Jesus up in here. I mean, that's what we're about. I mean, this, this is the bride of Christ. This is the church. And yet it's sad that we push each other away because of skin color. And then there's the herbs versus the burbs. Pastor, what are you talking about? There, there really, there are people who live in the urbans that don't like the suburbans, and the suburbans don't like the urbans, and they talk about each other. And I'm not, I wouldn't worship with you. You're in the suburb. I'm not worshiping with you. You're in the urb. I'm not urban. And, and literally, Christians who don't love each other because they put their viewpoints over loving one another. Then there's people who are more devoted to contemporary worship or traditional worship. You know, and like, well, I'm, I'm contemporary. I don't really hang out with the traditional people. I'm, I'm not traditional. I'm, I'm postmodern. I'm modern. And we, and people don't worship together. And can I tell you, it doesn't matter to God if you worship with a hymn book or you sing choruses. Oh, I know I just messed up somebody's theology. I'm telling you, God doesn't care. We're on the same team. I'm all about, we, we have projectors here. But you know what? I'm all about, back in the day, we used to use overhead projectors back in church. Anybody remember that? Come on, somebody slide it up through the hand be on there. You're like, would you move your hand? I can't read the words. <laughs> God doesn't care. That's us hung up. What God cares is that we love one another. Sing from your hymn book. That pleases God. Sing your choruses. That pleases God. Sing from your projectors, your overhead projectors. Just honor Jesus and love one another. Let me tell you, the Christian, as Christians, we're supposed to be marked by something. And we're not supposed to be marked by a denomination. That's not supposed to be the thing we're marked by. We're not supposed to be marked by our political views or, or marked by the herbs or the burbs or, or, or marked by our skin color or our culture. No, listen, everything is marked. A zebra is marked by all of its stripes. A skunk is marked by its one white stripe. A football player is marked by his football helmet and pads. A softball player is marked by her glove and bat. A soldier is marked marked by her uniform, and a Christian should be marked by our love, our love. That's what we ought to be marked by, our love. The scripture says it like this. Our Lord and Savior Jesus said in John chapter 13 and verse 35, by this should be marked. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you don't get along and have, create denominations. If you don't get along and argue over political views, you'll, they'll know you're my disciples if you can create contemporary and traditional churches and become postmodern. By this, everyone, people in the world and in the church, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That is the mark of the Christian, is love. We need to be devoted to one another in love. First John chapter 3 and verse 14 says, 
we know that we have passed from death to life, from light to, from, from, from darkness to light. Why? Because we love each other. And anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And it's sad that there's hate that happens in the church today over the things I described. You say, Pastor, is that happening in our church today? Are we having issues? Not, I'm not aware of any issues today. I'm what you call a preventative preacher, baby. I stay on the front side of stuff. Amen. I forget if I teach it, we'll keep our hearts right with Jesus and love each other. And we don't have any problems. There's, no, there's nothing going on. But we need to be reminded that the church is about love. He says, listen, anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. What does love look like? What does sincere love look like? What does devoted love look like? Jesus Christ laid down his life for us when we didn't agree with him, when we had a different viewpoint than him, when we didn't obey him. Matter of fact, the scripture says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He laid down. That's devotion. That's a devoted love. It goes on to say, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We ought to have a devoted love, a sacrificial love that will lay down our lives for each other. Verse 17, if anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech because you can say it and it not be genuine. You can say you love and it be fake. So don't just say it with your words, but he goes on to say, but with actions and in truth, lay down your life for one another. Devoted love is a sincere love, and we're called to have a devoted love. There's a third thing that I want you to see. Pastor, what does sincere love look like? The scripture says love must be sincere. What does that look like? Let's look at the third point I want to bring to you today, and that is this, love must honor. Love must honor. The word honor means to value, to give worth, to respect, to esteem. And the Bible mentions this word honor all throughout the scriptures. And I want to just quickly give you some examples of the word honor in the New Testament so that we can better understand it. It's not a word that we use a a whole lot. We don't talk about it. You don't hear a lot of messages on the word honor, and yet it's a vital part of the scriptures and the Christian life. Let me give you some examples so you can wrap your mind around it. Luke chapter 14 verse 7 says, when he noticed how the guest picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. The, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, the religious people were walking in, the people were walking in, and they were picking places that they deemed honorable or valuable, esteemed. And so they were picking these places to sit. They, they didn't want to sit in places they didn't think had value and honor. They wanted to go to the head and sit at a place of honor. Get that word in your mind. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 4 says this, marriage should be honored by all. Marriage should be valued or respected or esteemed. Notice this by all. In other words, married people are not the only ones that should honor marriage. Everybody should. Whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're young, whether you're old, it says marriage should be 
honored, valued, respected. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. Honor them, value them, respect them, give them the worth that's due them. This is an important biblical word, honor, honor. Mark chapter 6 and verse 4. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his own relatives, and in his own home. Jesus said oftentimes the people closest to us can lose honor for us. Because what oftentimes happens is when we get close to people, our family, our relatives, people in our hometown we grew up in, they see us as common. You just say, oh, you know, that's just Jesus the carpenter's son. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, and we no longer honor. We no longer show value. We no longer respect, and that's what Jesus is driving home here. Now, let me take you to our, 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 our opening scripture that I've been sharing from Romans chapter 12, verse 9 through 11. Let's look at verse 10. It says, Romans 12, verse 10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. You see, this is such a powerful scripture for our culture because we live in a dishonoring, in a devaluing, in a disrespectful culture today. There's a lot of Biffs running around, if you know the movie. You know what I mean? Biff was beating up on old McFly, kicking him in his rear, calling him names. I mean, there's a lot of that going on in our culture. And the Bible says for the Christ follower that we're supposed to honor one another above ourselves. In other words, don't just value yourself. Don't just respect yourself. Don't just, don't just honor yourself. Don't just esteem yourself, but love others, honor others, value others, respect other people. I want to quickly give you three ways we can honor one another. In the body of Christ, three ways we can honor one another. Number one is this, the first way that we can show honor, we can value one another, is by truly listening to one another. Truly listening to one another. How many of you, besides your pastor, can do a better job at listening to other people? Okay, we got a lot of liars today. That's okay, I'll preach on that. That's, that that'll be another message coming about. I always need to know what I need to preach on, amen. <laughs> we can do a better job at listening to people. I mean, truly, I'm talking about truly listening to them and what they've been through in their heart and what shaped them, listening, listening to them, really listening. And the second thing is this, you want to value people, you want to value your brothers and sisters in Christ, truly, truly work at understanding them, truly work at understanding them. Okay, now you're listening, you're listening, but you know what we oftentimes do? We're like, yeah, I'm listening, I'm listening, and then you know how we, we go, I got something to say. I got something to say. Or some of us, we just cut people off. You know what I mean? People talk in mid-sentence. We'll just go, well, let me tell you what I'm thinking. Because we don't value. We don't honor. We don't respect. We don't esteem. And please hear me today. Every person you see, there's a story behind why they think the way they think, why they act the way they act. And we don't take time to honor and to understand them. We just don't show value. Well, you don't believe like I believe? You don't see it the way I see it? Well, I don't have time for that. But you have to understand, they have a story. They grew up in a home different than yours. 
They grew up in a culture different than, their, than yours. Their parents, their mom, their dad didn't believe the same way you, your, your parents did. Your, their grandparents, their, and you got to listen, and you got to value, and you got to work to understand where people are coming from and why, what shaped them, why they think the way they think. That's how you show value. I want to understand. I'm not just going to try to make you fit to my box overnight. Let me listen. Let me value. Let me understand you. And the third thing is this. When you're listening to people, respect them. Don't, don't treat them as just commonplace. I don't have to listen to you. Listen, the third thing is respect people by valuing them. And please understand what I'm saying. You don't have to agree with somebody to value them. But you should value. You should honor. You should respect. That's a human being you're talking to. That Christian that you're talking to, that's a child of God Almighty. And you may not see it eye to eye, and you may have to choose to agree to disagree, but you ought to love, and you ought to value, and you ought to honor them. It doesn't matter who they are, what they look like. You ought to value them because there's a child. They're a child of God. And the Bible says as Christians, here's how you know if you have sincere love. Honor one another above yourselves. That is sincere love. There's a fourth thing that I want you to see, a fourth thing. We're looking at love, love, love. It was key in the movie Back to the Future. They had to fall in love, and if, and, and, and if George and Lorraine fell in love, it was going to affect generations. If they didn't, it was going to have a negative effect upon generations, and it's so important that you and I love, love. It's impacting lives now and will impact future generations. Number four is this, love must grow. Love must grow. I want to wrap up this message today by asking you the same question that I began the message with. I want you to think about it. I really want you to be honest with yourself. I believe as I've been teaching, the Holy Spirit has been massaging your heart, doing work on your heart. And I want you to answer this question honestly, just between you and God. Is your love for people increasing or decreasing? Is your love for people who are different than you, who don't agree with you, who don't look like you, who don't live like you, is your love for them increasing or is it decreasing? And as followers of Christ, our love for people, it should be growing. It should be on the increase and not on the decrease. And listen, listen, here's, here's something that's so important. Don't justify not loving people because it's easy to do that. Well, you don't know what I've been through. Well, you see, I don't love people. You don't know how I've been hurt. Well, I don't love those kind of people. You don't understand my experience. And it's easy to justify. But we're not going to love people, even people in the body of Christ. And here's what the scripture goes on to say in Romans chapter 12 and verse number 11. The context is this. The, verse 9 says, love must be sincere. Verse 10 says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Say, so how do you do that? How do we honor one another? How do we love like this? How do we be devoted like this? Romans 12 verse 11 tells us, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. We cannot be lacking in zeal. We've got to be going forward in God. We've got to be growing in Christ. We've got to keep our spiritual fervor. Listen, our love for God, our love for others has to be growing. Keep your spiritual fervor. The Bible talks about this in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 17. And as we live in God, our love grows more perfect. Wow. As we live in God, 
as we keep our spiritual fervor, as we're not lacking in zeal and serving the Lord, here's what the scripture says. Our love grows more perfect. Our love should be increasing, not decreasing. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 9 says this, and this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. And as we are not lacking in zeal and we're pursuing God and we're keeping our spiritual fervor, our love for one another should abound more and more. And I think Galatians sums it up best. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13, the scripture says, For you have been called to live in freedom. As a Christian, as a follower of Christ, we've been called to live in freedom. My brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, notice this, you're free. What should you you use your freedom for? Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Wow. Verse 14, for the whole law can be summed up. In this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you always keep, always, if you, but if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. And it's sad that there are Christians and there are Bible-believing churches that are destroying one another. Verse 16, so I say, let the Holy Spirit Guide your, guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. That's an important verse. Listen, here's what this verse is teaching us. Left to ourselves, do you know what will happen? If Herbert Cooper is left to himself, I will want to knock you out. I could even say in Jesus' name, but I'm going to want to knock you out. If we are left to ourselves, we want to bite each other. We want to devour each other. We want to tear each other apart. Let me tell you, if we are left to ourselves, I don't want unity. I want faction. I want to have just me and my clique, and I want everybody else. I'm going to point the finger. I'm against you. You're not, I'm not for you. That's what, if we are not, if we are left to ourselves, that's how we, we will respond. Matter of fact, here's what verse 16 says. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. If the Holy Spirit's not in control, we're going to bite and devour one another. And so what we need is a continual, fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon our hearts. Lord, would you pour out your Spirit upon our hearts? Would you saturate our lives with your Holy Spirit? Because this flesh is nasty and it will devour. It will bite people. It will not get along. It won't like people who are different than me. Lord, let your Holy Spirit fall and control my life so that I can love the way you want me to love. And when the Holy Spirit is in control and I seek God, my love for people can be on the increase instead of on the decrease.